everybody want to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Yay. <laughs> my name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. I you know what? I, maybe I'll change my name. I'll just go by Trav. Trav, you're Trav now? Yeah. All right. I uh Am I, I what what are you going with? I don't know. Am I lamb? Does it have to be like one is? Am I is? Uh no, you, you can <laughs> no. go as long as you want. Lambo? Is it just Lambo? Uh Lam Lamberti. Lamberti. Yeah. Eh. I um God, what was I gonna say? I completely am spacing out on what I was gonna say. I guess it couldn't have been that good. Uh, you know, you always try to be entertaining here at the top of the episode, and I usually fail. But uh, I'm drawing a blank. I actually wasn't sure if that was part of a setup for something that you were doing because you'll take me down these paths sometimes that I don't know what yeah. it is. <laughs> no, uh, it, it just makes me think that uh, you know a lot of famous musicians have changed their names over the years like you got um like cat stevens what did he change his name to uh god i'm, I'm so unprepared but D dog stevens yeah dog stevens yeah um what what's next for kanye like if he keeps changing it up and we have to keep changing the name of our show like well we got to change our twitter handle that stuff we got to change the name of our show and like Apple and Spotify, I have to go back through all of the episodes and, and edit them and, and say, you know, like this is power by yay. And like not, next time it's going to be, um, it's, this is power by Westy bestie, like whatever he ends up choosing. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's too much work. It is, it is a lot of work, but you know, this is the time and effort we put forth to be respectful of the Man. billionaire, the billionaire artist um <laughs> <laughs> uh, today god god chris this season I, I just keep thinking about like the rankings we did at the beginning of the season and how mm -hmm. i think i had power at five and like considered putting it lower like live on air it's this it's impossible to rank songs in this album because like maybe maybe there are songs i like more than power yet i would also like openly acknowledge like objectively acknowledge that no song is better than power you know what i mean yeah power just i mean yay himself made the song it was the first song coming back from his exile right mm. uh it was the first music he released like solo music since 808s and heartbreak in October was it October of 2018 or not oh, yeah. 2018 2008 so it's like almost two years <laughs> look at us look at us firing <laughs> in all cylinders uh it's one of those things where he he 
I just looked over at my monitor and saw that my computer screen was I thought you were trying to remember if he was a he or she. (laughs) No, no, no. We just say they. That's how we fix it these days, Chris. (laughs) Uh, He, uh... What? (laughs) Where was my brain? (laughs) This was me earlier. I know. He released 808s and Heartbreak in October, and there's like a year and a half that he's away because... You know, eight and eight, eight oh eight wasn't well received. The Taylor Swift interruption was happened. Well received. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, in two thousand nine, in September of two thousand nine or November of two thousand nine, something like that. And then he's away. He's gone. No music. Nothing until July when this comes out. And there really was a lot of pressure on like, what's the music going to sound like? What's he going to say? Right. And I still remember the mm-hmm. exhilaration I felt when I heard this song for the first time. Totally. And was just blown away. Hadn't heard anything like it. Haven't heard anything like it since. We never uh, will again. No, the energy, the commentary, the production, everything about it is just so perfect. Yeah. Which makes it all the funnier that yay was so disappointed by it for like bowing to the pressure of having to make something so publicly admired he's just like patooey spits on it yeah exactly it's uh i mean i kind of get it you can i feel like you could put power and new slaves next to each other as like the ultimate kanye sounds like these they are so Kanye, they are so yeah. Sorry, I keep calling him Kanye. <laughs> it is, it's Ye's mantra, his mission statement, his everything. Like it describes him perfectly, the aesthetic, the the, the persona, but power is the one he spent five thousand hours on, and the one that like he just like you know slaved over and spent so much time on and like made every little piece of it perfect where new slaves is like doesn't feel like it was thrown together necessarily but like you kind of get that sense from Jesus, right that like like you're just going in the studio you're spitting the bars and like you're slapping it together and you're stripping out a bunch of sounds and you're making it sound like chaotic it's it, it strike that to me speaks to why Connie maybe doesn't like power and just like he just improved it with new slaves because power was him like um making something for the world like spending that much time on something to make it absolutely perfect so people would respect them again whereas new slaves is a giant fuck you like it sounds nothing like you've ever heard before yet it has like a similar structure you know like it even has like this weird outro where like the music changes and like it goes into a completely different place um so it's it's just funny that like power became this thing that Kanye hated because it was too perfect you know Right. Too manufactured, too... Uh, he talks about the 5,000 man hours to write, like, pen to paper, which is, like, an absurd amount of time. Uh, <laughs> 24 hours in a day. So, 10 days is 240 hours. Yeah. 100 days is, two th- like, 2,400 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're talking 200 days. And I know that means, like, the team of people that were invested in it. Mm-hmm. But still, you're talking, like, how many people working for how long... And there is a density and a beauty to power, but I don't know if the lyrics are like that much of an outlier <laughs> versus something like gorgeous or right. 
like diamonds from Sierra Leone, like OG. Yeah. Like, but the song does have that like extra touch to it. Uh, that I can imagine Ye being resentful for the the circumstances by which he had to make it. Yeah, right. It's um. Yeah, I think he said he spent like after he said he spent five thousand hours in this song. He's like, that's how much time I spent on every song in this album. And I was like, there's not that much time <laughs> in existence, Connie. Like, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of time. Five thousand hours on every song. Like, I mean, I do remember when the song came out. I mean, I, I totally am with you. Like, I remember when I saw it on, I must have seen them on MTV, I guess, that back then they still played videos. Um, and I just remember being like, I just found it really trippy. That mu- that music video is so awesome. And like, and it's definitely, it's just the sound is something I'd never heard before. And then, of course, once you start digging into the lyrics, I remember way back then, Slate, which back then was like a new website, I think. Um they wrote and 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 i think this is funny because i would imagine these days they absolutely hate kanye west and maybe even did at the time but that was like kind of the energy around (laughs) kanye west at the time like yay (laughs) so sorry yay i'm trying my best i mean i've been saying the other name for for years now in this podcast (laughs) um like even if you hated kanye like you would yeah. write an article about this. Ah, oh, shit. Well, I'm talking about 2010. So back then we called him okay. Kanye. Okay. Um, like even if you hated Ye, like you wrote a song, you wrote an article about how incredible the lyrics to Power were. And I remember reading this article, like breaking down the lyrics, and just like, man, like that's awesome. Um, and you know, it just it had that energy totally. Like it, it was like a moment where the world stopped and we all listened to Power and talked about it. Yeah, it was a. Uh just such a i still remember trying to memorize the lines that like childlike creativity purity and honesty is honestly uh oh my god now being proud about these grown thoughts yep yeah reality is catching up with me taking my inner child i'm fighting for custody these responsibilities that they entrusted me as i look down at my diamond encrusted piece ah i love Mm. it so much but that music video did stand out (laughs) like i still i i laugh looking back because I remember watching the video being so enamored with it and kind of entranced, ensorcelled, you could say. Yeah, sure. And Is that your word of the day from the calendar or something? Oh, yeah. Good yeah. old ensorcelled. Got it. And just waiting to see what happened. Like, what's it going to do? Where's it going to go? And then I realized it was just a minute and 42 seconds. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> That was it. Gosh, and that I, makes it even, like, more badass that, like, you didn't even get the whole song. Right, I kept waiting. I was like, "Oh, they're good. This is the teaser for the video, and they're going to drop the full video soon." And apparently, there is more video. Oh, uh, I didn't it know just that. Has, it's never released. Yeah, there was something in the the Wikipedia that said the music video. There was more to it, um, but it just never it never came out. Man, there's all this like shit we never heard from. Yay. Um, <laughs> that just like apparently exists in vaults or hard drives somewhere. Like that must be stuff like, you know, bands usually release B sides and like, you know, they'll, they'll re-release a record and it'll come with like a bunch of demos or like shit you never heard. Maybe he's just saving all that stuff. You know, like he gives like 5% of his, of, of the ZZ empire to his kids. Like he's just saving all that stuff. So his kids can put it out someday and make millions of dollars. And we're gonna have to wait like 
60 years to hear it or, or that would, see it that'd be awful i'd probably try doing like the cryo freezing <laughs> like, just we cryo freeze and then come back and record an episode of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> what like a, a horrible use of cryo freezing <laughs> but, if we're just but like, important like doctors don't wake us up when like immortality is created or we can be on cybernetic bodies and live <laughs> no. forever. Just wake us up when the vault of unreleased mm. yay material opens. We're asleep for like two weeks. Yeah. And then North is like, she puts it out on TikTok. <laughs> that would be so Zoomer, you know? <laughs> Zoomer? Zoomer? She's that, a Zoomer, right? Is that Gen Z? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that. Okay. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Ah, look at you. Are you even a millennial, you boomer? The, you don't want to you want to know what I thought of when you first said that and this makes me a millennial. It, it made me think of uh do you remember Zoog Disney? No. Oh yeah. It was like this weird thing that happened on Disney where like little robots were all the mascots. It was before like, you know, Hillary Duff got on there and like did the little like wavy wand thing. Uh I <laughs> you don't know anything about that. <laughs> no when i watched a disney channel was like when i was single digits in age and it was just like reruns of mickey mouse oh. and other cartoons uh, i think by the time it got like really popular broadly yeah. they were doing the the live action stuff yeah, yeah yeah i i was single digits in age uh internally but <laughs> double digits in age externally okay 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 <laughs> What was like? What was the one show? Zach and Mary? No, Zach and Cody. Zach and Mary. Okay, that, very... that was after my time. Okay. Even Stevens. That was Disney. Oh fuck yeah! Even Stevens all day. Yeah, I I think I told this story before about in middle school. I remember seeing that show for the first time and thinking like how ugly the kid was. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I was just like, oh look at him! It's just like what a what like a face and the curly hair and yeah. just like it's just like what an ugly i saw the show for the first time and then the very next day literally the very next day not like a week later uh, months later a year later the very next day uh this girl in my math class looks at me and goes you look like the kid from even stevens <laughs> just like <laughs> did you even straight have curly up. hair no no yeah, but like he's I guess got it's, curly curly hair i guess it's the nose i guess i it's mean the nose these days, being told you look like Shia LaBeouf is both uh, an Im immense compliment and insult. Because he is a very good looking man, <laughs> yeah. but you don't really want to be compared to him. <laughs> That's what's so funny to me, too, is like he aged into like a very like good looking guy. Yeah. And then and here like... I was as like a 13 year old being like, kids, kids ugly. Well, look at you. you it, it, once again you also aged into a very handsome gentleman so like you're more like Shia LaBeouf oh. than you thought thank you thank you thank you Trav you're absolutely welcome also I will say that even Stevens I mean I had a I owed a lot to that show because th there was a character in the show named Beats like I finally felt recognized ah uh, uh, you're like the name yeah I mean the kid was some... a little shit no one liked him but <laughs> Well, good thing you're the exact opposite of him. <laughs> Not back then. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. You I was lived beans. up to the title. You were beans. Look at you. Ah. <sighs>
Look at you. Look at you. Well, so (laughs) power, Uh, the music video, when I, I was disappointed that it ended, but the music video is such a, a perfect embodiment of this idea of the sword of Damocles Mm, uh, and really takes that concept. So the sword of Damocles, in case people aren't familiar with the story, uh, there's this figure I don't know what he's actually from. I guess I've just always heard of him as a character. Yeah. is a character who appears in anecdote commonly referred to as the sword of Damocles. So he's not from anything aside from the story. Okay. Uh, but this like king, lord, whoever. And he has this uh, Dionysus who's just this like person that's sucking up to the king and is like, you're so lucky. You have amazing things. The wealth and the power, the life that you live. Oh, how amazing. And Damocles kind of looks at him, looks him up and down and is like, bitch, you don't even know. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure you realize what you're talking about. So politely, that's what he's thinking, but politely he's just like, Oh, Dionysus, that's so nice of you. Uh <laughs> do you wanna experience it for a day? You just want to like take my spot for a day. This is my and... favorite part of the show when you like give your rendition, like when you're reading like about Paul talking to God or something, and God's like <laughs> "fuck you" and blinds him. <laughs> I my... love this shit. Keep going. It's I'll, my favorite part too. Podcast. It's always off the cuff too. I have no preparation for it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so he's just like, "Go ahead." You know what? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm a I'm a go ahead. I'm a benevolent king. What is the line from 300? I'm a kind god. Is that what Xerxes says? God, I just watched uh, that movie and I don't remember. What a movie. But he's just like you do that. Like I'll fuck off for the day. You be king. And Dionysus, you know, like a kid Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Can't sleep is like all excited is just laying there on a slab of rock being like <laughs> Oh, this is going to be wonderful. This is going to be wonderful. I don't know what beds were like in the time period that this was. They were probably slabs of rock. Maybe they were a little <laughs> jagged, but. <laughs> it says 4th century BC. So definitely a slab of rock. If, if you were like rich and respected, you had a, you had a flat slab of rock for his bed. Right. You had some marble, yeah. some nice marble to sleep on that stayed cool. It was climate controlled. Uh, but Dionysus did not have marble. No. he had concrete mm-hmm. and went to bed on it uh woke up like early before sunrise kicked the sheets off and ran into and the, the sheets room. are just a bunch of leaves sewn together <laughs> right gathered threaded neatly and uh runs into the throne room and is like yippee today's the day and they're all like hey here sit on the throne like Look around you. Is it this lovely? And here, grapes and apples mm. and cran apples. Oh, man. And we have wild boar that we found. Like, you are going to feast. <laughs> and so Dionysus, like, really doing, like, the cliche thing and being like, feed me the grape, tilts his head back <laughs> while the grape's being, like, nicely, delicately placed. Yeah. Uh, into his mouth and he just happens to look up at that time and sees the point of a sword just kind of hanging over him and does not eat the grape no 
no chokes on the grape coughs it up yeah and he goes what is that and that's when Dionysus or not Dionysus Damocles kind of steps out from a corner somewhere yeah and it's just like oh you noticed and Dionysus is like oh fuck like what are you doing <laughs> what he's like yeah so uh you know just so you got the full experience of being king the full experience of being king uh I, I have enemies. I have people that don't like me, that are plotting against me. And, you know, in just like a day of pretending to be me, you're not going to get to experience that. So that's a sword. And it's hanging up there by a single hair from a horse's tail. Mm. Uh, and it's going to be there all day. And you can't move. And he's like, well, can't I move? I'm the king for the day. And Damocles is like, no, 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 no. You sit right there you don't get up you don't move and uh enjoy you know being king being me you said it was so lovely well here you go (laughs) and then Dionysus just sat there like couldn't eat because he was so scared couldn't enjoy any of the nice things because he was so scared yeah the grapes were just the boar it went from steaming to just maggot it's gonna go bad no yeah, no, room temperature. You don't want to eat boar that is settled to room temperature. Uh, it's it's improper. No, yeah, even back then, like, you knew better. Yeah, absolutely. It's just foolish if I have to pick a word. These I know days, it's a though, strong word. You could pop the boar in the microwave. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. The warm setting on an oven, you can kind of keep it on the warm setting <laughs> in an sure. oven maintain a nice 150 to 170 yeah, yeah. uh but yeah and finally Democl- uh, like Dionysus couldn't handle it anymore and just started crying and being like please please i know like just go like do it right you know ignore the sword kings don't cry. don't yeah kings don't cry they don't like bemoan the sword but Dionysus wasn't wasn't made of sterner stuff you know to quotes uh you've been telling this story for like 10 minutes now i know i should wrap it up <laughs> damocles is just like damocles is like i was about to say to quote the greats uh megatron no <laughs> starscream i thought you were made of sterner stuff and starscream kicks megatron anyway um yeah we, we, damocles finally re- <laughs> damocles finally relents and is just like all right all right, get off the throne, get off the throne, cut down the sword. And he's like, so do you have anything to say about like what it's like to be king? And Dionysus was like, no, I'm going to drink wine and ran away. <laughs> so drink. wait, did the grape thing actually happen? <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't that know was... if like that was part of the story and you were using it to affect or if like, you know, I mean, you really put an image in my head of someone delicately hanging a grape above his mouth and it was... It was quite evocative. And then looking up and seeing the sword, I know this is like that was all off the off the dome. <laughs> I, I'm impressed. No grape in the story. Um, you know, you know anyone working in Hollywood, but <laughs> Ye's video evokes that because it starts with just him by the Grapes columns, <laughs> the the heavy chain around him, so you get this sense of like wealth, and the camera's panning back. And as it pans back, you see this gold frame around him, uh, this Empyrean sky that's full of clouds and sunshine. And then you get these like crazy figures yeah. uh, that have like 
devil horns, but might be angels or just feel like mythic figures mm. that are around him. And Irina Shake is there with yeah. angel wings. Crazy. That feels like the the runaway movie. So it's feeling very like glitz and glamour, you know, mm. not my style of like high life, but right. definitely a kind of uh, retro Greek. If you're into that kind of thing style, this is how I want to live. personally. <laughs> and then you notice there's a halo above Ye's head and the sword like tip is through the halo hanging above Ye's head. So the sword of Damocles concept is there invoking the sense of like danger but then doubling down on it and making it even more relevant is that from the sides, from this masses of like people doing things, you see one to each side swordsmen leaping with their swords held back, ready to swing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're converging in on Ye. And by the end of the video, we get these shots of like each of the different figures in the video. And then it cuts back to Ye standing there alone with the swordsman coming down ready to strike him and now that i'm looking at it the clouds in the background kind of look like huge angel wings coming off of yay Ooh. Hmm. um but it's definitely that sense of like the sword is like dropping these figures are beheading him one of the george condo images for the album cover was the decapitated yay wearing the crown so you definitely get that sense of not just the sword hanging above the head, but the actual danger arriving and all the other stuff falling away and just being left with the 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 danger. Yeah, it's a very powerful imagery for what Kandi was going through. You know, somebody who's like kind of on top of the world in the hip hop game and just like kind of the center of tension in general <laughs> you know he moves and like people write a story about it um and especially after the taylor swift incident which i think that's the subtitle of the season right in the aftermath <laughs> yes. of the taylor swift incident. um <laughs> it, it, he's like he's the 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 idea like this image of a king who is like has that power but is hated and like people are coming after him like it so perfectly captures this song and where Kanye was at and the energy he's kind of bringing back at that, you know, like he's wrecked. He's not like kind of shying away from it. He's recognizing that he's a king and he's fighting back and he's almost welcoming these people with the swords. Like he he's you see him at the end of that video. Those guys are coming at him and he's not even moving like he doesn't even care. Mm-hmm. It's um, mm-hmm. that stoicness that power i don't know it's so uh it, it it's incredible to capture something that simple so well like i think that's what kind of just floors me about the song is that yeah there's a lot of nuance to the song and like we're gonna sit here and pick apart the lyrics like crazy like we're gonna show you all the depth it has but like the simple power of the song like the the the, the persona he's trying to capture the the aesthetic it it's so perfect the aesthetic is so perfect it it's just incredible to be able to like envision capturing like a king that everybody hates and wants to attack who but is also coming back at those people like that's such an insane thing to like capture so well that i it makes me realize like as i'm saying that you're like well yeah that's what any artist does but like he did it 
way better than I've ever seen anybody do anything ever. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's incredible what he did. Yeah, this song just packs a punch. And that video getting at the Damocles aspect, but right. getting at Ye's version of it. And it's sample as most yay things are, but it's the twist that he puts on it that makes it so next level. Yeah. And having the context of where he was at uh, with America, with the music industry, with himself, like there is something powerful about how he's standing there and then something sad about how he's standing there it's like he refuses to move through it all and he's the center of everything but it's that same uh that same ideal that means that he's not going to avoid the swords yeah wow yeah uh so we have all that and that sets up (laughs) some of the context of the song itself we talked previously about dark fantasy and gorgeous and how both of them were pretty grounded Ye's getting at a lot of fantastic stuff on dark fantasy but still kind of settled in his world it's this character introduction of this person that's kind of a foot in reality and a foot in fantasy and then on gorgeous we really are in reality and Ye's kind of looking around and commenting on what he's seeing in the world and issues in the world. And it's a very, very much a social critique. Mm. And then Power continues that yeah. and is a much more condemning, like a larger scope condemnation of a lot of the energies and uh, um, like of America and what where the country's at what it means to be like him in this country uh, black in this country which was also part of gorgeous and is the last song that we really see grounded at least for a while in reality right it's like after this he's going to start descending more and more into fantasy with the all of the lights interlude acting as the bridge into the fantasy world we've talked before about this album sharing a a narrative structure similar to wizard of oz Mm. the same way that dorothy starts in kansas arrives to oz and then ends up back home we're gonna see kind of this be the tornado that's arriving and kind of sweeping kanye up to the next place yeah because the world becomes too much for him and you have to escape to this fantasy I actually, my mind was kind of racing when you were talking about um, kind of shifting from this social critique to kind of looking at America and like the place he's in. And just thinking about the whole album in general and how it ends of who will survive in America and this this whole idea Mm -hmm. Kanye's trying to find his place in America. Um, Kanye, at this point in his career, like, yeah, he's rich as shit. Like, he's got a bunch of hit albums. He's won a bunch of Grammys but he's not like rich like he is today, you know? Um, he's still on his grind, as they say. Like he's still kind of rising and like trying to attain this bigger status. Um, it does remind me a lot of Jay-Z and like his trajectory and how like early on in his albums, he was um, Jay-Z, who we'll be referencing later in this episode. Um, <laughs> early in his albums, he was very like anti-capitalist in a lot of ways and like was very resentful of like capitalistic structures and would like 
took pride in being on his grind and like kind of sticking it to the man that set up those structures. And then like, you know, you get 444, you get the story of OJ and like, he kind of has a completely different tune. Like he sees a promise in becoming rich and like spreading that wealth to others. Um, Like the previous energy, like the old school J energy, like that's kind of a lot of what I'm seeing here with Kanye, which is, it's funny. You could also contrast that with modern day Kanye, who's in a much different place now, but here, like he, he's really taking it to America and the way it's set up and the way it treats people like Kanye, like that resentment that Jay always had, like Kanye's taking it to the nth level. Like it is becoming his character in this album. And especially when you think about the, the character journey in the album and the whole narrative, like at this point before he descends into fantasy, like he's reached his breaking point here. Like he is so mad. He's ready to fight. People are coming at him like crazy. And he's acting like he's acting like a child. Yet he's also reflecting on like, his childishness you know like it's just all of that is happening at once before he goes into the fantasy and and that whole commentary about america especially coming out of gorgeous which is purely you know like a social commentary it's just so incredible how he's able to build to something like power in three songs (laughs) and set up (laughs) so much that will come up later in the album it's it's just you know it's jaw-dropping what he did yay yay Sorry. Sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs> I very very well said and it it does to people wondering I'm sure many of you know this but it overlaps. We talk about how the albums are dramatizations of what was going on in Ye's real life and we already talked about his exile mm-hmm. in the aftermath of the Taylor Swift incident and the disappearance from America and him returning not to the contiguous United States, but to Hawaii and being like close, but still far Mm -hmm. and making this song while they're bringing people over to Hawaii. Um, America plays such a huge role. And this part of the song coincides or this part of the album coincides, I think with the Taylor Swift incident Mm -hmm. and is essentially his, yeah, his reaction to how people were talking about him and the fact that we're saying that the next part goes into the fantasy it's similar to how Ye then went into exile so you're seeing this dramatization of what right or a similar arc to what the real life arc was yeah which is you know that's what we always say about Kanye that's what makes his album so fascinating and why like you see this decades long discography building a story like he's always just talking about himself and and creating this really defamiliarized exaggerated version of what he's going through yep it's one of the greatest books ever written damn is Ye's discography um so interestingly enough one of the first samples on this song is called afro-america yeah. which just should seem so fitting after everything that we talked about uh, it's by a group called Continents uh, N6. Uh, there's probably oh, a different way to say is that. Is that like a longitude thing? Yeah, continent longitude six or oh, latitude six. Okay. It's like N degree six. Um, but the song is very much about like black experience in America. And uh, it goes Afro, Afro Mary, Mary, Afro America, be my home. 
Afro Mary, Mary Afro America, be my home. So there's something like longing in the idea of a like a Black America, and it talks about lights are on, the circle strong, paint blood sign on your face, speak the words of the unknown that'll grant you in its place, kill the hen and drink the blood, uh, which is very like kind of like rural mystic, yeah, ritualistic, um, ritualistic, yeah. Uh, kill the hen and drink the blood and brotherhood will be yours. So if you do this sacrifice, you do this ritual, then you'll be accepted or you'll be part of the group. Yeah. Afro America's no dream. There's no wizard of Oz, <laughs> which <laughs> we kind of popped when we saw that because <laughs> we yeah, talked, <laughs> we've talked for years, even before we knew about Ye's like love of the play wicked in 2010 leading up to the album. And him saying that the story of the Wicked Witch was his story uh, and having that connection to Wizard of Oz. Like, we've been comparing the album to that before we even knew that. So that was the first thing. We're like, we're on the right page. But then having this song sampled here that makes reference to the Wizard of Oz uh, felt really fitting. The thing is that a lot of this song was produced by Symbolic One. And there's a note saying that he found this sample when he was just kind of like crate digging, but on like a website equivalent where a bunch of producers right. would just like post music and find interesting things. And he found this and added the chance. So the chants on the song are from this. Yeah. And so it's not something that like yay himself discovered and added. It's something that symbolic one. And the song was originally for like, Busta Rhymes I think it wasn't even supposed to be for the album so there is like a degree of this is probably just coincidence but we do know that Ye loves like samples himself and looking at samples and that he added production to the song so I do wonder like the song's a banger as oh, well yeah. like this song is a bop and legitimately I think of most of the songs that have been sampled that I've ever heard, this would probably be like a top like five sample and Ye's entire discography for me. Hey, you like disco and you didn't even know it. I know. <laughs> I had no idea. This I, song is just like awesome. It's though. a cool song. Yeah. It, it feels like it feels very Kanye or yay. God, it feels very yay. Like it, it's a song that's really all over the place, you know, and has like a, a wacky structure um but am i fan fiction like a retelling of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy or of every connie album of every yay album <laughs> um <laughs> like to me kanye is always like talking about what he wants to do with the album and what he's trying to convey so if like you know that and you're working with kanye and you hear the song and they talk about the wizard of oz I mean, that clicks to me like Connie's probably mentioned the Wizard of Oz while he's talking about, you know, while they're making the album. Maybe that stuck out to uh, S1. Um, but then also just like the, the whole vision of the song, like that idea, Afro-America is no dream. There's no Wizard of Oz. Like the whole song is about recognizing where you are and not trying to envision something better. And like, like there things will change things will get better there is a dream version of this world you live in like no like only visions of a world that was meant for you and me and what's the line 
let your blood run down the sea, like just become part of the world. That's definitely, that's kind of an undertone of the whole album is that Kanye and of Kanye's life, really, he's always chasing fame. He's always chasing this larger dream. Um, but really where he finds happiness, where he finds solace is when he kind of just exists in the people around him, when he's able to actually maintain a relationship, you know, when he's able to kind of make a connection, a larger connection with the world and, and feel within it as opposed to somebody who's being driven out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that connection, that longing for connection is such a powerful thing on this album because really the album's about not having a home anymore and Ye's still following up on the loss of his mom and the loss of his fiance. That was the focus of 808s and heartbreak. He's really at like the lowest points, I think because the reaction to 808s was so mixed to negative and that's already like hurtful because he had been the the darling right college dropout late registration graduation success after success after success and now you drop this dynamic like stood the test of time album but initially the reaction was not great and you have people talking about how your career is over this is your first big miss so you have a lot of emptiness that's happening or a lot of pain mm. followed them by the Taylor Swift incidents and him no longer feeling like he's welcome in the music industry. Like he's welcome in the country. Does it have his mom there? Does it have his fiance there? There's so much emptiness and then wondering like, where can I be? Where is my home? What do I do next? So uh, this song really does have that idea of like, becoming part of something being part of something uh i want to feel it i want to see it afro america like and he's so removed from it yeah uh, yeah and afro america it does make me think of like makes me think of afro futurism and like the mm-hmm. that whole like genre that mixes african dis- diaspora i always never know how to say that word um and just like sci-fi and like the idea of building something new like taking this collective like displacement your race has and like figuring out how you fit into the future um i mean that's all that's completely part of this too that the idea of afro america like what do you build in this country where like you know it's supposed to be the promised land where everybody's supposed to have a chance yet it was also this place where that enslaved you and oppressed you for years and to this day, like still counts you out and constantly fights against you. Like that's something Kanye's feeling here, like, even as a as a rich man who is seemingly on top of the world, he's also being knocked down. It's it man, this is just so heavy, all this. Yeah, it's very powerful and dovetails nicely. The drums come from uh an instrumental version of It's Your Thing, uh, the Isley brothers, but it's done by Cold Grits. Mm which I feel like we've talked about before. Like, I think they use the drums on another song one time. It's, um, is that crack music? It might have been, you know what? Uh, symbolic one in an interview said that, uh, the, he wasn't sure Ye was going to like the song because the drums were so similar to crack music. Oh, <laughs> probably because <laughs> so, they were the drums. Yeah. Um, 
but that song like it's your thing is about uh motown and the conflict that the isley brothers had with barry gordy who was like the king of motown Mm. and them leaving his label so it's kind of like a revolutionary anthem in a way too so uh, you know i don't know what symbolic one intended was thinking if like those things were jumping out to him as he made these selections but they work with the album and with this song in particular it's also uh just a little like nice trivia moment here after kanye kanye used this song (laughs) as a sample after power really because after crack music it wasn't I guess it wasn't as noticed, but it was really noticed in power because power is like an immaculate song. It was sampled like a bunch, you know, Kendrick, uh, Danny Brown, Tyler, the creator, run the jewels. Uh, same with the Afro America song. I, I saw somewhere that it was sampled by a few artists. Like, it's just so funny that when Kanye samples a song, especially on like a big, powerful song like this, everyone's like, I'm sampling that song too. <laughs> I need to grab that. Uh, there's also a air raid siren. That's a sample. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same air raid siren from a disturbed song as well. So. <laughs> Put that theory out there now. Yeah. Is there a connection between disturbed and yay? I can see the TikTok YouTube video now. I have to say, Chris, it's a little disturbing how many times you've mentioned disturbed in your theories in the show. It's more often than you'd expect. <laughs> like it's up there for the amount of times I've mentioned Patrick Swayze. <laughs> That's scary. It really is, which is intense <laughs> um all right so that's uh that's all the setup an hour into the show 45 minutes into the show yeah but you know that's the washington throne promise we're gonna waste your time every time <laughs> we we are giving you something to listen to when you're on your cement <laughs> or marble slab at night we're just trying helping, to fall asleep we're just helping the time pass as you wash dishes really yeah you know, wash dishes at work whatever it is yeah whenever you listen to us pretending to listen on the to plane. your professor yeah you know been there have been there <laughs> so get into the lyrics themselves yeah are we it. ready for this all right so it starts off with i'm living in that 21st century which uh should we just talk about 21st century schizoid man right now it's yeah i mean it that that the lyrics of that song just means so much to i mean if you know the lyrics of that song and what it's about like it tells you so much about what Kanye's trying to convey immediately yeah the overall idea of schizoid man was about the vietnam war and it has two parts like there's part one the 21st century schizoid man and then part two mirrors but you really get at this idea of being torn Uh, the idea of like schizoid like torn between two things and it's a cat's foot iron claw neurosurgeon scream for more at paranoia's poison door uh 21st century schizoid man blood rack barbed wire politicians funeral pyre innocence uh raped with napalm fire 21st century schizoid man and then it goes into mirror which is death seed blind man's greed poets starving children bleed nothing he's got he really needs 21st century schizoid man which like man the idea of like war Mm. and yay being like 
stuck in this conflict with people that he doesn't want to be part of. Yeah. And then the idea of poets starving, children bleed when he talks about like childlike creativity and then nothing he's got he really needs when we're talking about the sort of Damocles and being king and the how much Ye has acquired from his success, but how meaningless it kind of is in the realm of all the emotional stuff that he's going through. Mm. Yeah. And just like the general tone of the song of 21st century schizoid man, like the idea that war, especially like a selfish war that's done for selfish, greedy reasons. Um, Like the impact that has not just on the people who went to war, but like gener that generation and generations to come like the schizophrenia, uh that it caught am i saying that right schizophrenia (laughs) schizophrenia yeah uh what it causes in people and how it can make you like your mind chaotic and like forever ruin you and make you paranoid um it it totally relates to what kanye's doing you know i'm living in the 21st century doing something mean to it it it's made him paranoid it's made him react outward it's this pain that America has caused him, he's now like kind of translating it to modern day um, is no different than like the Vietnam war had. Like it's like, this is just the cyclical nature of America. Like we're always doing these things, these hurtful things to people and causing generational harm. And uh, that's the energy kind of being brought into the song, except Kanye's doing something mean to it, doing it better than anybody you've <laughs> ever seen to it. Like instead of, instead of wallowing in the oppression, like Kanye's going to use that pain to his advantage. Like it makes him stronger. It gives him something to fight for. It's so cool that he takes 21st century schizoid man and like kind of brings that energy to it. You know? Yay does do that. Yes, he does. Uh, yes, he does. <laughs> uh, we should just define schizoid too, as I think it's something that we're kind of assuming uh, the definition of, but yeah. a condition in which people avoid social activities and interacting with others is schizoid personality disorder. Right. Um, and the idea of <laughs> like being alone and away from people is something, as we talked about with the exile stuff, um, very relevant, but also just like the stress, the... Uh, the chaos as you said but I think it does get at that like stress from people from America and society and the pressures that society's piling on which just goes back to the power of music video and how they visually display that that's the emotion that Ye's kind of carrying through and it has that new slaves energy of you want to be somebody that's going to stand up and change things and do something. But at the same time, the system is so immense and so powerful that in doing so, it's likely you're going to get rolled over, uh, stepped on, which is something that we're kind of seeing with Ye right now. I was just going to say that. <laughs> like He's trying to fight uh, a lot of people right now and a lot of things and the messaging on it has been incredibly problematic <laughs> as of october 19th yeah yeah we're october we're october 19th 2020 here and you can see the ways in which him trying to stand up and say something and the messaging not being completely perfect is resulting in him just getting and not even completely perfect it's 
fucked up yeah it's <laughs> a good amount of the time yeah. uh in a way that like before it's always just like oh why do you have to say it that way and now it's just like why the fuck did you what, have to say what it the that heck way you're talking about yeah um but he he feels he's embroiled in this big thing yeah. and he's trying to change everything for people to be better and we're seeing the ways in which that's just like flopping yeah <laughs> or it, getting distorted i mean that whole like schizoid like the idea that you feel lonely uh, that's uh, that's just so interesting it's something you know as you get older and the years wane on and you realize like nothing's ever going to change and life is shit uh <laughs> like that kind of starts to wear on you like as things seemingly get better throughout the world um it's like there's no way like today is it a better time to live than any other time in history right like there's not shit everywhere like we're doing good um yet like people feel more and more pulled apart and more and more dissatisfied and it, it, i feel like that's that idea of schizophrenia like schizoid it, it perfectly captures that like there the the past um oppressions like the past things like terrible people have done has created this like endless wave of resentment and uh this need to like flip things around and make change and it's just funny to see that kanye like he's so caught up in it back then um and still caught up in it today like for different reasons like it it just kind of shows like how this continues to carry on and on and affect people in different ways and it's I don't know it's it's so inflammatory and like never ending (laughs) this song I think just kind of really captures that like going from 21st century schizoid man to power to like to today like you could see the 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 path you know very much so very much so uh let's take the path down some of these other lyrics so we get screams from the haters got a nice ring to it so it's like yay's feeling at first that like 21st century is just like you know i'm in the the future like there's something big about the 21st century but he's also setting up the reference to schizoid man um but you at first get this sense of power, like I'm doing something mean to it, better than anybody you ever seen do it. But screams from my haters got a nice ring to it. So even though he's so powerful, there are these haters that are screaming at him. Uh, and he says, I guess every superhero need his theme music. And this actually is probably, might be, I don't know. There's probably something similar. There's a mo- Yeah, there's a movie called I'm Gonna Get You Sucka. Uh, which I'm guessing is a uh, like one of those B movies. It's like a black exploitation movie. Yeah, that's just kind of like fun, over the top, low budgets. Uh, the budget was three million though in 1988. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, but a parody film, so there's some like so Wayne comedy. Brothers or not Wayne Brothers, Wayne Father movie. Oh. Keenan Ivory Wayne. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of a re- precursor to all the, the Wayne brother movies. That's pretty funny. Um, but you see this guy who's like standing there and somebody else comes out and brings him all this stuff. And the guy that's standing there is dressed like 
LP2, like post LP2, yay. Yeah, right. It's like all black jacket, all black pants, boots. He looks like he came from a Donda listening party as an extra. And he talks about how every superhero needs his theme music. And that uh, just seems to be a movie reference that Ye went with, which there's a, a number of them in this. So it kind of makes sense. What's the plot of this? Soldier Jack Spade returns I, oh, home Oh, I thought to... for sure you'd read the plot. No, I hadn't. You're, you're in for a treat. It... Okay. It returns home to any ghetto USA. Okay. After receiving news that his brother Junebug died of an OG overdosing on gold chains. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I see where they get it from. <laughs> Surveying the old neighborhood, Jack observes the effect of gold chains on his community and desires revenge, not only for his brother's death, but for the community at large. Oh, man. He vows to destroy Mr. Big, the neighborhood chain lord responsible for the epidemic that claimed Junebug's life. So we're getting drugs, but into materialism. Yes. And the addiction to materialism causing the downfall of people. Yeah, totally. That's It instantly made me think of Diamonds from Sierra Leone. And then and just thinking about the song as well, like we're going to later talk about Diamond and Crested Peace. And it, it really just made me think of like this attachment to gold, to jewels, to like material things and like how you use it to empower yourself in the midst of like being disenfranchised you know and discounted by america and like trying to make it in america at the same time like all that swirling around and come together for a a nice big meaty stew for the washington throne crew yeah that's pretty amazing and the fact that it's like somebody that's in charge mr big poisoning the community right and here you have yay i mean on gorgeous he talked about uh, you know, the government won't be satisfied to all my guys get it, get it. And the way in which it seems like these powerful sources are inflicting harm on people. Mm-hmm. Man, I also love the, um, here in the intro, like he says, I'm living in that 21st century. It, it clear reference to 21st century schizoid man, which is talking about the Vietnam war. And then screams from the haters got a nice ring to it it's he's like switching from like these past oppressors to current day naysayers you know kind of again just showing like the cyclical nature of it all and how like he's dealing with like trauma from the past and people that are trying to tear him down in the present Mm. wow okay i love it jeez yeah and he's rising above it right i'm a superhero and this is my theme music so he's embracing it he's wearing the badge of being hated but turning it into a superpower which is just such a yay thing to do (laughs) yes it is um and then you get the chorus no one man should have all that power is how it starts off and actually funny enough uh yay has a song from back in the day we're talking like back in the day (laughs) mixtape yay no college dropouts and it's called living in a movie and there's a version that's is released right uh but then there's also like lyrics that he had previously sang or a longer version of the song and there's a interview that he did where he has the song playing or is rapping the song mm-hmm. which one is it he the he's playing, playing the song yeah yeah and he's doing this interview and people are in his apartment when he was in hoboken i think it was 
and you see his DVD collection, all the movies that he has, and it's so many movies. Do you think he's upgraded them and to Blu-rays? I like to think so, you know? <laughs> or maybe he's just all digital. Yeah, maybe it's, it's all no, like, Yeah, no physical copies. He's just on... Like I like to think he still uses Morpheus or LimeWire <laughs> and just <laughs> rips the movie. Um, but he... Uh, the line in the song references Malcolm X and says, no one man should have all that power. So the song itself, living like a movie has like a hundred movie references throughout it. And the Malcolm X reference is no one man should have all that power, which is a scene where Malcolm X is outside a hospital after I think it's the police injured someone. Um, And it's not, people aren't sure if the person is going to live or not. And everybody's there like on the cusp of a riot and Malcolm X is kind of the person keeping everyone at bay and the doctor comes out and is like he's gonna live it's okay and the cops are there like make the people calm down he's like you better hope that the doctor the guy's gonna be okay and then when he is Malcolm X just kind of like finger points in a direction and all the people walk away (laughs) and the cop is just kind of staggered by the authority that Malcolm has yeah. over the masses and says a line similar to no one man should have all that power, which is a quote. I think police were actually yes. saying at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a reference to Malcolm X, which Ye's Malcolm X references had developed at this time from graduation where it was just said in jest yeah. to this, which is a little more playful, but a bit more serious as he's not in the same way on champion was a champion or good morning yeah by any means necessary good morning it's just kind of like part of his like jokingness but now ye is becoming a little more political and then by the time he makes malcolm x reference on yeezus it's like very political yeah he also mentioned malcolm x on uh gorgeous that's right malcolm west had the whole nation standing at attention yeah we get back-to-back songs then that have uh, Malcolm X reference so Ye's like very much like if you need convincing that this album's about America <laughs> America, and like current civil rights like issues or Ye's plight in America and him making connections to civil rights issues like it's right there, it there. Uh, so we have that reference and then going back to the song um, so no one man should have all that power which He's kind of applying it to himself here. It's following up on, I guess, every superhero needs his theme music. And there's an irony to it yeah. as he's saying it because he's not just saying, like, I'm powerful. He's recognizing there's a self-awareness of, like, I'm probably too powerful. <laughs> and, like, people are coming after me. The burden of this, like, the way it affects you is something that he's going to be exploring through the rest of the song as we initially get that image of him as a superhero by the end of the song he's fallen he's icarus that rose too close to the sun Mm -hmm. and is plummeting when the wings melt uh but that's a slow burn over the course so like just pay attention to how we how the lyrics start to reveal more and more like cracks and flaws in the superhero identity but it it appears especially by the time we get to like uh tripping off the powder rather than the power like the drugs come into play yeah yeah it's so it it just gets that idea of like 
he wants all the fame. He's been chasing fame his whole career, but all of a sudden, like having that much fame, it's your downfall. No one managed to have yeah. all that power. It it becomes way too much for you to handle. And just like the attention that you have from America in general. Yeah. And when we get like the next line, the clock's ticking, I just count the hours, it's like time's up, like the ticking down to like doom. Like he knows yeah. that it's just a matter of time until his time's up. <laughs> um, it's also such a like, I think that line's kind of funny. Like you picture Kanye, no one managed to have all that power. Like he's almost like a bored God who just like sits, has like too much time because he lives for eternity. You're just like watching mm. the clock tick. Like it's such a funny, melancholic image of somebody with power. Yeah, just kind of like slumped in a throne, <laughs> just being like, when are they going to break through the door? Yeah. Uh, stop tripping. I'm tripping off the power. Oh, it's it's almost like he's telling other people to stop tripping, but also yes. telling himself like he's just counting the hours. He's like, oh, stop tripping. Uh, like wake up and get to it. But he's also like, I'm tripping off the power. This is like I've. This is the whole song. This is the whole album. Like half the time what Kanye's doing, like the underlying meaning, like he's telling, he's he's talking about the situation outside of himself, yet he's also commenting on himself. Like he's just kind of doing yeah. it blatantly here. There's the self-aware artist who's making the work and the unaware character on the work. Yeah. But yeah, here the character is somewhat aware of their own plight. And on some level, maybe like, this is the reason I kind of hold back from loving power as much as I probably should. Like, again, it's perfect. It's maybe the best song ever written. Um, but I kind of get what Kanye means. Like, it's a little too perfect in that way. Like, he's kind of just openly stating the tension of the song right there, you know? Whereas usually he doesn't really do that. Yeah. No, not as often. So I get it. I get it. Uh, and then we get like 21st century schizoid man coming in like the actual sample. And he had already said, I'm living in that 21st century is kind of this like badge of pride. But now we're seeing that, yeah, he's actually this 21st century schizoid man. That's like torn by the state of the country, the, the war, the politics, all of it. That's part of America is affecting him. And yeah. causing him to like just count, like watch the clock and count the hours. Uh, there's that isolation. There's that loneliness. There's that separation. Damn. Mm. Uh, and then we get into the verse itself, and right away goes to like criticisms of things. The system's broken, right? Like this country's yeah. <laughs> not in a good spot. Uh, the schools closed. The prisons open. So you have this idea of like the system is broken. It's like, what's that mean? It's like, well, schools are closed. You know, the, the education is at the bottom. Like how people are thinking is bottomed out. The prisons are open. So it's just like all these people aren't being educated and they're making stupid decisions and the government's punishing them for it. And whether you want to take that literally or just metaphorically, it's just painting this idea of things not being in a good place and might be a twist on a Victor Hugo quote, which is unexpected, but he who opens a school door closes a prison is Victor Hugo's quote. With Victor Hugo being, what was he, like a French poet mm -hmm. from the 1800s? Yeah. 
a French poet and politician, a romantic writer who lived from 1802 to 1885, not a 21st century <laughs> man. But yeah, that idea of like inversing that, right? Like whoever closes a school opens a prison. Yeah. Really creates a sense of like anarchy and chaos. Yep. Uh, and we ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> I love it. So it's like, yeah, in this world where the system's broken, what do you have to lose? Right. Yeah. Uh, motherfucker, we rolling. And there's like an idea of like rolling, like rolling along movements. Uh, but also the idea of like rolling a joint like doing drugs right and with the idea of like the prisons open i do like the idea of like yeah we're rolling like we're doing drugs like you know if we're gonna go to prison so be it but like we got nothing to lose anyway yeah it's um i feel like these lines are just like the most kanye lines it and again really yay. relates to what's going on today yay fuck i need to like put a piece of paper like a post-it note on my computer the, the word yay written on there <laughs> um sorry i'm so sorry yay um it, it like this idea that everything is fucked the system is completely working against you so like why would i adhere to any sort of rule or structure like i'm going to create chaos as well like i'm going to create chaos in the other direction and just make mass chaos and make things fucked up for you yeah uh, you got nothing to lose yeah i love it uh then you know he's rolling with some light-skinned girls and some kelly rollins which of course calls back to slow jams and like got a light-skinned girl look like michael jackson got a dark-skinned friend look like michael jackson or light-skinned friend looks like michael jackson dark-skinned friend looks like michael jackson but this time we get the the contrast of just like light-skinned girls and some kelly rollins uh who had the the darker complexion mm-hmm. um but then in this white man's world we the ones chosen so you get a continuing thoughts of skin color and this contrast of like yeah i'm like we're rolling together this group and we're doing that in this white man's world yeah and there's something suddenly like i think a little frightening about that um just with what we know in terms of like prisons being open and systemic racism in America and the conflict that Ye's already pointed out on gorgeous and previous albums about how this country treats black people. The fact that he set it up as like, yeah, we're all just hanging out, but then grounds it in like in this white man's world, there's suddenly kind of like a, a a much larger tension. Yeah, totally. The, I was going to say the tension, like that's just so what Connie's so good at that. They're the ones chosen and the idea that like they were brought over here, you know, but also like we have, like we can do something greater. Like we are the, the hero of the story that will rise up and overcome adversity. And yeah, there's something both empowering and like you said, scary to it. Yeah. Like we, we, the ones chosen has a lot of mixed energy because you could view it as like, we're special, especially like referencing, like, I know it's some Kelly Rollins, but Kelly Rowland was also a successful musical artist at the time. And there is this idea of like, we've made it in this white man's world. Like we were chosen, but there's still kind of like a, an ugliness to that, a bitterness to that. Yeah. Totally. Of being like picked, picked out of the crowd 
Um, I, but then also like you have some power in this world. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to note one thing before we move on to Tupac, which I assume is happening. Um, yeah. There is in the genius annotations where if you, you know, you, you have the regular annotation that everyone's upvoted, but you can click further and like read more comments, which I always like spending a little time in there because sometimes enlightening and sometimes hilarious. And the <laughs> there's a thread throughout power where this, this user, his name is, his or her name is ghoul of the fields. And I believe this is where these annotations start. This person makes several annotations and they're all about like chess and they think some like chess thread is deeply interwoven into the lyrics of power. Uh, so it starts with light skin girls refers to the white queen and Kelly Rowland refers to the black queen. Kelly is playing Ke- Ke- Kelly Ka- Kanye is playing many chess games in a row where each of these powerful pieces plays a key role. So like that begins this thread this person believes is kind of going on throughout and I read it each time and found it hilarious. <laughs> it's, uh, I do wonder if people like listen to us talk about things and they're like, that's exactly how they sound to me. <laughs> like, or people think that that's how we sound. They're just the like, yeah, you're, you're ghoul of the fields. Like, oh, see that connection that they just made crazy. Like, where do they get chess from? And it's like, we, we have never said chess, but we will say a lot of other things. Yeah, might as well. So maybe I'll maybe I'll like be down with this yeah. cool of the fields thread. As, maybe this will be a. As I was saying it out loud, I in my head was thinking like, oh wait, what if Chris like thinks this is valid? No, not even a little bit. <laughs> That's such a. Where do you even get chess from? <laughs> like if there was something with like checkmates or like jumped or like some like Here, on the board of life. I'll note every time the cool the fields makes an appearance on this page okay <laughs> okay um but there is a tupac reference so this is our chess game uh <laughs> tupac has a song that came out september 26 1996 called white man's world and you might be thinking travis chris white man's world common phrase you know just because two like hip-hop artists used it doesn't mean it's connected what if i tell you <laughs> that the intro to the tupac song is a quote from the movie malcolm x <laughs> i would say go to hell yeah and uh it's just like yeah just quoted that movie yeah. just had a quote for that just movie in the it. chorus uh you go busting your fist against the stone wall you're not using your brain that's what the white man wants you to do. Look at you. What makes you ashamed of being black is the intro quotes. And this whole song, which is a very like long and thoughtful song that Tupac wrote like while he was in jail. Like he he wrote it like he's in jail and it's a letter to his family. But you just think about where Ye was at in his life at the time. He's been exiled. He's not in a physical prison, but he's in this cultural, social, industry prison that's very different than the physical space that Tupac would have been in. And, but nonetheless, he's been imprisoned in a way as reacting to that. Mm. And Tupac in this song is talking very much about 
like what it means to be black in America and embracing that aspect and challenging white, like white America and really finding your place, which is very much in line with Afro America. So uh, there's just such like a dovetailing of it that it feels very relevant to everything Ye has been saying. Um, and it's like a very thoughtful, thought provoking song, like a very poetic song. Um, and you get these lines near the end that says, uh, I'm telling you better watch it or be a victim, be a victim in this white man's world, born black in this white man's world, no doubt. And it's dedicated to my motherfucking teachers. <laughs> so just like <laughs> really like responding to schools as well and like mm. the teachers that tupac had and the educators and the idea of like being in jail at that time and yay begins this verse with talking about like schools closed and prisons open there's just a lot of alignments and synergy between these two songs yeah a lot of alignment and synergy between this and the afro-america song as well because that song's all about i mean both the songs are really about not living in this dream world which would be like you can make it in this white man's world like you can achieve something but instead kind of embracing your blackness and realizing the power you have outside of the white man's world like it's about recognizing your blackness as opposed to your non-whiteness and that's a big tension of tupac song is he's in prison in this white man's world but he also did something like he's not proud of that he thinks his sisters will basically that he, you know, his, when his sisters have kids, like it's not the way he wants those kids to look at him. Um, so like there's a tension there where like you want to rebel, like you want to fight against this white man's world, but you also don't want to do anything outside of yourself that disgraces your blackness. Like you want to embrace that and, and do something good for black people. Like that's all a part of that song. And, that's again like ends up being part of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy like an aspiration Connie has to like achieve something like that to be part of a community and something bigger but instead he can never he can never really get there like he's so consumed by himself by his power by this um alienation and imprisonment imprisonment he's experiencing um, that's, I think that's how he's using this song from Tupac, like as, as a contrast. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a powerful one as well. Um, so we follow that up, like the idea of we, the ones chosen, instead of that being this like great thing, the next thing Ye says is so good night, cruel world. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning, which is a play on so goodbye, cruel world, mm. which is something somebody usually says before, like jumping off of the cliff or something. Yeah. Or, like, on their deathbed, they're just like, goodbye, cruel world. Uh, but he's just saying, like, so goodnight, cruel world. Uh, there's, like, this acceptance of things and the the negativity of the system and the brokenness of the world. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed and see in the morning. Like, we'll repeat it day after day. Uh, but he even kind of takes that shockingly like his response is like huh <laughs> i'll yeah. see you in the morning this is way too much i need a moment so it's like the confidence that he starts the verse out with yes. he ends it with feeling overwhelmed you know what two words you need to say chris right parallel construction uh par 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. It, Parallel construction. It's, it's great because like the first line is the system broken, the schools closed, prisons open, and then the first line of the second part is in this white man's world, like kind of describing that system. And instead of saying, but now instead of saying like we got nothing to lose, like this world's too cruel, like I'm just going to go to sleep. I'll see you in the morning. There's so, suddenly it becomes much more defeated as opposed to like let's get high and let's get some girls. It becomes like oh, I need to sleep. Like this is way too much. Yeah, that's true. You know, I didn't even pay any attention to the parallel construction, <laughs> and even like <laughs> both third lines starting with "huh." Yeah. <laughs> so it goes from like "motherfucker, we rolling" to "I'll see you in the morning." Yeah. Uh, so it's like I'm part of the group, and now I'm bouncing and being like a schizoid man, like by myself. This is way too much. I need a moment, man. Yeah, you got open, chosen, rolling, morning, moment, Rollins. How nice. Um, I will so, also say that Cool of the Fields makes another appearance here. Um, oh, yeah, please. This round of chess. This round of the chess tournament has been quite stressful, and Kanye sometimes feels that he is being unfairly judged by chess fans. <laughs> I'm not making this up. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, can he you... continues to compete, similar to the famous chess player Bobby Fischer, who he also references in other lines outside of the song. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> I read this and I don't remember it being this crazy. Can you uh, can you put a little asterisk and respond with just like yay? Yeah, I should. <laughs> <laughs> just be like yeah, even though they wrote it two years ago. Yeah. Be sure to tune in next week when we conclude our analysis of power. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the So get your ass up off the wall. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At US Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.